Welcome back to the Crit Hit Wild podcast, where we talk about all things Marvel Crisis Protocol and review a different character every week. We're your hosts, Jared. I'm Fred. And I'm Brad. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, and we're, we're the Crit Hit Wild guys. Jeez. Uh, uh, this week is our Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos uh, episode, so stay, stay tuned for that. Uh, but before we get into the character review... Uh, just a quick note, uh, we are uh, putting chapters in the YouTube, so if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, we now have chapters and stuff, so you can just click you know, the timestamp that you want and go straight to the character review if you don't want to hear our you know, mindless musings. Uh, yeah, and if you don't watch on YouTube or you'd like to just listen to it in audio format, you can find us on Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, but uh, yeah. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, I'd also like to clarify that this voice is Fred's voice. We did a, we did a bit. We did a bit. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're if you're if you're brand new, they they got the names names backwards. But uh, yeah. Uh, well, some uh, news and announcements uh, at the start of the episode. Uh, Second Wind is coming up. I believe that is October fifteenth and sixteenth. Uh, I am currently on the wait list, but Brad. And uh, one of our locals, Mike, is already signed up, right? Yep. Yeah. I need to book the hotel room. Do you know what you're playing? Like, have you locked it in? Um, in a meta where Malekith exists, I think I'm out of the choices I want to play. I need to play X-Men. X-Men. Probably X-Men. I'm not 100% yet. There's like 0% chance that Vince ever listens to our podcast, but hey, man, if you listen, put put me in, coach. Get me in there. Uh, hopefully, I got what? Like, well, like over a month, like a month and a couple weeks yeah. to try to get through, so uh, for all you other players out there, one of you should drop, and then I can go, so. <laughs> <laughs> um. We have a uh, we just wrapped up one tournament, but we have another one in the Charleston area, and that will be on September seventeenth. Uh, we had a pretty good showing on this last one, which we'll touch on a little bit here uh, later on in the episode. But yeah, uh, we just are coming out of one, and it was a pretty good showing. So I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Rob and Steve, who drove in from Ohio. Uh, they play out of I believe it's called Recess. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I believe so uh yeah thanks guys for coming down it was a blast to meet you we also had uh, a few folks drive in from parkersburg uh uh ryan uh carrie carrie and and brady there it is i didn't actually get to talk to uh carrie and brady very much so their names kind of slipped so i apologize for that but uh, i got shocked to ryan Uh, i'll talk a little bit more about that too because me and him played but yeah uh, good turnout. Thank you, everybody, for coming down. And uh, He's just going to leave leave Dave off the list. Oh, Dave. Traveled. Shit. No, Dave. Dave drove in from Morgantown. I'm sorry, Dave. You yeah. listen. I apologize. Uh, long day at work. Uh, yeah. So all those people drove in. Uh, it was only uh, myself and Mike who played locally, but uh, just kind of a, a storm of vacations and family coming in and everything else, which is why we didn't have... A few more people, but uh, yeah. So hopefully, I see you guys at the next one. Uh, yeah, it was. It sounds like it was a party, and I really regret missing it. I, it was I fun. Was visiting family. It was. It was a good time. But uh, 
There will be a uh, tournament by the time this episode releases at the Fabricators Forge in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So good luck to everybody who who is participating up there. As uh, soon as they announce when their next tournament will be, I'll be sure to plug it in. But uh, I don't think that there was any other AMG news to come out this week, unless I'm mistaken about something. I didn't. I don't remember anything. I think I've seen some Star Wars stuff. Like I know the Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, Din Djarin, or however you say the name. Din Djarin. Din Djarin. Yeah, Din Djarin. He's. Uh, I, I think that they link some stuff for him. But uh, yeah, no, no Marvel Crisis Protocol news that I'm aware of. Um, so let's move on to Cerebro announcements. What do you have for us this week, Brad? Anything? Uh, well, with school starting up and other stuff going on, I have not got to work on it. I do have some cool stuff planned that's coming as soon as I find time to work on it. So. You want to give us a little teaser? Just a little teaser. Yeah, yeah like, give me a teaser. Yeah, go ahead. Um, let's see, something cool on my to-do list. Um, oh, one of the things I'm going to try to do is when stuff gets added for like a month, it'll have a little new icon mm -hmm. um, so that you can find the stuff that just got added easier. Nice, okay. Uh, also, I, I'm going to try to, and I, this I should be able to do. I'm not too worried about it. When you go to add tactics cards, you can have it just show ones that are legal for your list. Okay, nice. Hey, that's really that's a really good yeah. quality of life improvement. So yeah, I, I plan on adding that eventually too. Okay, nice. There's there's two little ones. All right, I feel like I had like a really baller suggestion for you for Cerebro, and now I'm so like brain dead from work that I can't remember what it was going to be. So oh, you'll remember eventually and tell me. You won't you won't wait till the next podcast and ambush me like. Brandon, no, I will. I will text you at some point <laughs> or, or post yeah. on the Discord. So, so let's move on to our Longshanks uh, statistics for this week. I believe that we're going to talk a little bit about what came out of NashCon, and I think Brad kind of has it pulled up. Uh, we're going to specifically look at what made the top eight at NashCon. So, you want to give us a breakdown of, of that? All right. So the winner was Avengers, and there was one more Avengers that got seven. We had two Cabal take second and fourth. Uh, Criminal Syndicate took third. Web Warriors fifth. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy sixth. And Asgard eighth. But he dropped after he lost his first game. So I mean, that's a pretty... Other than, well, I guess what, Double Avengers, Double Cabal, which you kind of yeah. expect Cabal because, you know, Malekith has just released and is, like, legal for a lot of, like, events, so... I would expect to see a little bit of like duplication there, and then Avengers is always pretty prominent. So yeah. I don't think that's one. It was one was Sam only. The other one was Sam and Steve. Steve's been killing it, from what I understand. I feel like he would probably be yeah. pretty good in the Malekith. So no well, X Men with Heimdall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No X Men. Do you say no X Men in the top eight? No X Men in the top eight. That's They've... surprising to me. Yeah, because X Men have been killing it. Uh, they've been because doing very well. Dead. No, I mean like other in other people's hands. But uh, looking at the overall list, I'm looking to see if there's one X-Men player at 19th. There's another one at 38th. And one last. 
That was X Men, X Force, A Force. So there are only three players in the tournament. Okay, so sample size and is small. not people I've heard of. So okay. Well, uh, another thing I just want to kind of touch on is looking at the uh, statistics of the win percentage of uh, you know different affiliations. Like I believe Cabal, and this is running from August twenty fifth of twenty twenty one to August twenty sixth, so just a full year. Cabal, I believe, was sitting somewhere around thirty nine percent. Is that correct? Yeah, something like that. Thirty eight, thirty nine. So we've seen an increase, and uh, again, it's a little early to kind of stay stay i know that maybe some tts i think malekith has been in tts for maybe i think it's like three weeks or something like that he's been in there um so i'm sure there have probably been some online events that have been recorded in long shanks that have been legal since malekith and then he's been over this past week we had an event with him and then i'm sure there are several other events kind of going nashcon being one of them I just want to point out that Cabal is now, and I'm not saying that this is a reflection of Malkith, but Cabal is now bumped up to a 42%. So it's a 3% increase roughly um, since the last time that we checked this, which wasn't that long ago. So I'm not sure if it is because of Malkith or if it is because just in general people are picking up more Cabal, but uh, they're seeing a slight increase in their win rates, which, I mean, you want everything to be like as close as you can to 50%, right? Like, that's that's the goal yeah. of any game, really. So, Well, the way I always look at it is chess has a 55 to 45% win rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, white wins 55% of the time. Black wins 45% of the time. So if you have a game with multiple factions and they fall in that band of 45 to 55%, your game's pretty balanced. Okay, yeah. So we only have a few... chess is just about as balanced as you can get. We only have... I mean, we have, what, it looks like about four affiliations... That, uh, that aren't in that, that, that band. aren't in the forty five percent band. Yeah, we have the humans, Cabal, X Force, Defenders. Defenders is now actually sitting on the lowest at forty percent, but they're probably also not that getting played. Doesn't like, surprise much, me. So unaffiliated. Look at unaffiliated hit at the straight fifty percent. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's only Mike. That's Mike right there. No, it's not. So it's uh <laughs> over the year it's only 148 games played. So the sample size is like pretty small. It's really small. It's way uh out, like Winter Guard. How long have they been out? Like a week? A couple weeks. Yeah. They they're already like half the games played <laughs> of yeah. unaffiliated. So I wouldn't go too much off that. But uh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. um we can uh, move on to this week's weekly topic. And uh, a question that I wanted to pose to you guys this week, because last week we talked about like the health of the game and you know how well we thought uh, the game was doing. So I thought I would kind of maybe play off that a little bit and maybe talk to people who are wanting to bring in more people into the game. You know, maybe they want to have a... Um, like a demo day or maybe they want to just you know have like a free play day where people come in and check it out and if you guys are setting up the board uh my question to you is what do you think are the pieces in the game that if they like if everything was painted and let's say that they had you know nice table set up what pieces do you think 
would probably draw in people the most. So if you had to put two teams against each other, like two affiliations on the table, and let's just say that we stick to strictly affiliated just to keep it thematic. If you wanted to pitch two affiliated teams on a table that would draw in new people as they were walking by us or checking it out, what two teams do you think that you would put down? And I know, and you can mention specific pieces if you think that some maybe stand out more than others. I know that when you have like a Malekith or a Dormammu or a Hulkbuster, like any of the large space tall pieces, those are clearly going to catch somebody's eye. So we'll just go ahead and give this a pass. So anything kind of like smaller than that, what do you think would really draw in newer players if they were walking into a shop? Uh, we'll start with you, Brad. Okay, because I have the correct answer. Okay. It's Avengers yeah. versus X-Men. Okay. Why is that? Uh, and even though he's not affiliated, you put Spider-Man in the Avengers list. Okay. Uh, X-Men has, since the late 70s, been uh, Marvel's biggest property, like group property. Mm-hmm. Um, and Avengers, since the movie started coming out, have grown to be just as popular. And the thing that beats both of those is Spider-Man. Okay. So if you drop like Cap- Steve Cap and Iron Man and Spider-Man and Storm and Cyclops and Wolverine, like people love those characters. So it will immediately draw people in. Okay, nice. What about you, Fred? What would you pick to put on the table to draw in newer players? Now, uh, so I, uh, Brad basically took my thoughts, which is play the, the, the most iconic characters from the available properties. But I have a different thought now, and that is to play a super thematic list. Like okay. play, uh, uh, you do Avengers versus Cabal with Red Skull, or you play uh, the uh, X-Men versus Brotherhood of Mutants. You put a bunch of characters that people will recognize and then make them so that the theme fits really well. Uh, do, you know, do you know what one of the biggest crossovers in Marvel's history is? What's that? Like, just selling it, Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that book sold very well. I think if I did it, I probably would put uh, some version of Avengers on the t- table. I think I would probably put in some of the X Men though, like on the Avengers team. Like Wolverine would be a big one that I would put in because everybody knows who Wolverine is. And then I would probably do it against Brotherhood because. I, Magneto is like a really like cool and impressive piece. Like I think that he's like one of the more impressive pieces. That's not like you know a really big like s- yes, it's like set piece model. But yeah. I think I would do I would definitely do uh, something like you know Avengers with a little bit of X Men and then Brotherhood when make sure like a hundred percent that like Magneto and Juggernaut gets on the table. Yeah, the the charismatic bad guys. Yep, they've got to make it. I would do that. So, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts and see what pieces you thought would maybe draw in some newer players. So that's a, that's an interesting thought experiment. If uh, it, it makes me want to actually do this. <laughs> yeah, we should probably run a demo day one one day at our store and see if we can't get some people coming down. I, I mean, we, we every do. Wednesday's a demo day. If someone shows up and says, "Hey, teach me how to play," no, that is fair. I, I, 
Yeah. I'm sure that we could get somebody uh, like JB or somebody to give a shout out and say that we're going to have a demo day or something like that. So Yeah, he would absolutely for us. Yeah, and it's something that could be advertised. Yep. We could like put it on flyers or something. So yeah, uh, if you guys from wherever you're listening from, you know, do a demo day or get some new players in, uh, let us know what pieces worked out for you, what pieces they were asking questions about and stuff. So we'd love to hear it. But, and let the let the person you're teaching win. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, if you ever have a teaching game, I always you should let the other person win. That or, or do your best to try to make sure they win. Yeah, sometimes sometimes, it, sometimes it's hard. <laughs> sometimes it's real hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking about games, uh, so this past Saturday, uh, we had an eight-person, uh, three-round event at our local game store that was uh, ran by Brad, who did an excellent job. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, a couple of those games, uh, well, three of the, all three rounds got recorded, so hopefully those will uh, go up on the channel before too long. Uh, speaking of which, if you're you know subscribed to the channel, or, or maybe you're not, and you don't know that we're posting videos on there, um, we do have a YouTube channel and we are back to posting, uh, live games. So I believe, uh, myself playing Malekith versus Fred is already up on the channel. And then X-Men versus A-Force, I believe, has just been, uh, published yeah. not that long ago. From a, from a scramble we had. Yep. So, uh, uh, the camera angle on the Malekith, uh, yeah. game is a little wonky. Uh, so we do apologize for that. There was a little bit of issue whenever, uh... We, we were, you know, editing the video, but, uh, the rest of them should be okay. Uh, but we should have some more, uh, games coming out soon. So if you're not checking out the YouTube channel, make sure you do that. If you like to enjoy, uh, watching some live gameplay, but, uh, yeah, so the tournament went well. Um, I, I guess I played in all three rounds and I ended up winning the event. So I'm just going to kind of this week, give a breakdown of, of the games that I played. Um, I did bring Malekith. I got a couple of practice games against Fred, so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll take him out and play him. Uh, and he did pretty well. Um, I played uh, three rounds, and probably the hardest round for me was round one playing against Winterguard because that was my first time playing against Winterguard. And Crimson Dynamo, he's just a, he's just a fucking house, so... Uh, shout out to Robbie. I played him uh, round one. Uh, he was my opponent. He came down from Ohio. Uh, he's a really fun guy to play. Uh, I had a blast playing him, but it was it was it was a really tough game. I think he got shock off on my Malekith as well as like my Killmonger, which that's terrible for me. And the rerolls that Crimson Dynamo can do. So paying two to force you to reroll two of your attack dice. Uh, and rerolling my wild, so I never got any of my pierces or anything like that. Just made the whole team very, very durable. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough one, but it was a fun one. I ended up taking that one. I don't remember what the final score was, but I ended up being cheeky and being able to get away uh, from Malekith. Get, being able to get away with Malekith, uh, with the Senator, and just kind of running away until I was able to score enough points to, to close it out. Uh, game two, I played against uh dave brown who drove in from morgantown uh dave's a really fun guy somehow we always end up finding each other in like every tournament that we both attend to like at some point whether it's round one or round two or round three we always end up playing each other it never fails um but he brought x-men and uh i think 
you were kind of interested to see how that turned out, weren't you, Brad? Weren't you? Yeah, because because I think X Men's my best chance against Malika, so I kind of wanted to know how that game went. I think it could have went. So we drew Riot Sparks and uh, Senators, the ones with the safe houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it probably. I got a little bit lucky because turn one, he hopped with magic, went to the middle of the board, looked for the senator, and he would have been able to have the move to get back and kind of out of my threat ranges. So I was really nervous about that. Uh, I was lucky enough that he didn't find it uh, in in the middle. And then on a later activation, I think he just made a slight misplay where he, instead of moving up with Honey Badger first and getting on the point and the my left side senator... And then moving uh, Laura up to to interact with it. He moved Laura up, interacted with it, and found the Senator. And with that, I was able to pull off a Mystique Deception where she didn't have any allies nearby. And get a charge off on Malekith and uh, put some damage in. I think at some point he did move Honey Badger up and I got a Daze on her. So that allowed me to put an extra power on Killmonger and give him a short advance. Then he was able to charge uh, turn one and get up there and get some uh, attacks off. He was able to pull the uh, Senator off of Laura. He had it pretty much the rest of the game. And uh, second round, uh, because that prior Mystique was able to uh, take out Laura and uh, prevent any of the exceptional healing because it's Mystique. So I just feel like that game could have went real bad for me, but I got lucky in the fact that he had a slight misplay and he also didn't find uh, the Senator with magic. I think if either of those things don't happen, I think that could have been a very different game. So, but it's good. It's a really fun game to play. Um, and then my round three. Oh, go ahead. God, Mystique is good. She's, she's so like, good. She's scary good. <laughs> she's so good. She's probably been the MVP for me in like several of my games. Like, she's just been a house and put in a ton of work for me, whether it's, you know, getting away with stealth and then, like, martial artists and living longer than she should have. Or I think that she survived, like, a Malekith charge. And then I think she might have survived a second attack from him. <laughs> so count counting the, the pierce and then counting the blanks is really good for her. But hey, just the... The reactive tactics cards, the stealth, just being annoying. Deception, it just makes your opponent play different. She's just been a real house for me. She's been very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, in my third round, I played against um, Ryan. He is a wonderful guy, very fun opponent. Um, he was also playing Malekith, so uh, this game was not recorded, so I can go into to full detail about it. It was uh, Malekith versus Malekith, so... Malekith won the day, I guess, at our local tournament. Um, and he was playing a slightly different roster for me. We, we had some some pretty decent variances, both in Crisis Selection and uh, Characters Taken. But I think we rolled up uh, Marefist, Vows to Find Missing Witnesses, and Hammers. I think those were the two. We played Ooh. on 18 and... Um, I really the I won't go into it too much. I he did not have a whole lot of experience playing on um, witnesses. I think that I can't remember if he had ever said he'd even played on witnesses before. And he made a slight 
uh, well, I guess it was pretty big misplay whenever uh, he did not contest uh, the left side witness. And I ended up scoring both witnesses and then uh, threw, um, I think I pulled a hammer off. I was able to also score three hammers. So I went up seven, uh, seven to one, round one. And then from there, I just kind of was able to maintain uh, that strong lead that I was in. Uh, he, he played well. He did uh, a lot of pretty interesting plays, but I just that point deficit early on where he made that uh, slight hiccup was able to let me get the win, so. Was able to go 3-0. and I was pretty happy about it. Uh, taking Malekith out. Uh, apparently on the internet, Malekith's broken. But, you know. There you go. I'd like to get uh, a Mal... I don't think that Malekith is broken. I don't I think, think he is either. I think that he is someone who requires a different play style to deal with. You've got to bully him. Everyone. Everyone, kill Malekith. <laughs> what? That's, your, that's what you got to do. I think Just that get the... I think, well, I think some of the stuff from, like, the people, like, I think you actually hear, like, a lot of people say that, you know, he's fine. Like, I don't think that he's broken at all. I think that he's just a strong piece. But he's seventh threat. Like, he should be a strong piece. Um, I still think, like, at the end of the day, he does have a little bit of displace, but all he really does is, like, all he does is murder things. I think that Thanos is, like... Huh? Oh, oh, keep going, keep going. Sorry. I was just saying. I think like pound for pound, Thanos is like, like I, I, I just, I think that Malekith is strong and like he murders things good. But I, like I think I still think that Thanos is probably like more oppressive. <laughs> like when you look at like higher threat characters, like I think that Thanos is still worse than him. Um, uh, I agree, and uh, I disagree with your statement that he doesn't do anything but kill because he has. Uh, the Midnight Phantasmagoria card. Ah, fair. Okay, yeah. He does have a. He does have a. <laughs> he does have a good amount of control, I guess. Yeah. Once you apply the taxes card as well. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's bo- broken or power crept or anything like that. I think that um, was it Nate uh, from the Gamers Guild. He has a video and he broke down. I think some math comparing Malekith to Corvus Glaive, and he still has less consistency than Corvus. As far as like just yeah. <laughs> raw throughput, so I mean he is good, but just because he's new, don't let that spook you. Uh, he's still fine. If people are playing playing him a lot, don't give them a hard time for playing him. And likewise, if you're playing against him, just uh, it just takes a slightly different strategy. I know that sometimes when people like the turn one ferocity and the throw and everything like that can kind of catch people off guard. So I can see where that might lead initially to like a negative experience. I I've heard plenty of complaints about. Corvus Glaive and like how he does and so but I don't think he's bad but uh yeah thank you for running that event Brad that's a lot of fun yeah no problem I like running events and thank you again uh for everybody coming out so but uh I think with that unless you guys had any questions about the games we can move on I think we should move on. All right, so let's go and get into character reviews. So we're looking at Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos with their alias Nicholas Fury Sr., Timothy Dum Dum Dugan, and Gabriel Jones. So I don't uh, – good on them for putting the alias in there, I, I guess. If they would get another version of these models, I'd be surprised. But uh, <laughs> they are uh, 333 stat line. 
They have five stamina, three threat, size two, medium move. Uh, and they go up one stamina on their injured side, and that is the only thing that changes. So they gain a stamina. Uh, they have three different attack uh, three different attacks. They have a physical range four, five dice, uh, flat, one power uh, gainer with a wild pursuit. So before damage is dealt, this character may advance toward the target small. So it has to be toward who you're shooting, but uh, you get a free free move. Uh, they have grenades. It's range three, four dice, uh, one power cost, energy attack. After it's resolved, the target character gains incinerate, so they just auto-gain it. Uh, similar to dominoes, but one less range. Uh, and then they have their spender. So it's physical. The show's over. Range 3, 6 dice, 3 power cost. Before choosing a target, this character chooses whether the attack type is physical or energy. And then it has a wild port on. So after this attack is resolved, this character may make a prototype weapons attack. So you're going to get a 6 dice attack, physical or energy. And if you hit the wild, you're going to get a 5 dice attack followed up with it. They have a uh, 2 power cost active superpower, sibling in arms. Siblings in arms, excuse me. Choose another allied character within two of this character, place this character within one of the chosen character, or place the chosen character within one of this character. A character can only be placed by the superpower once per turn. So, a couple things on that. It acts similarly to Medusa's, so you can either place these guys or place somebody else nearby, so if you've played Medusa you're familiar with this. And a character can only be placed by the superpower only once per turn. So, you could place an allied character uh, that's maybe back forward of Nick Fury and then pay two and place Nick Fury in front of them. So, you can only place one character, but you can use the superpower more than once a turn. So, you can get some jank going. Uh, they have the reactive superpower, Got Your Back. It costs two. When an allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy effect, after it's resolved, this character may use the superpower. They make a prototype weapons attack against the enemy character that caused the effect. So it's exactly the same as uh, Bucky's uh, reactive ability. Finally, they have stealth. So they must be within three to target him with attacks. So, yeah. Again, no uh, changes on uh, the injured side other than they go up on stamina. So Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Uh, what do you guys think? Let's start with you, Fred. Uh, I'm not blown away by much that's on here on this card he's got a lot of cool little janky stuff uh there's some stuff on here that reminds me of the winter soldier and uh i like that the grenades just auto cause incinerate mm -hmm. uh, i always like having a consistent uh, uh effect output but I, I i'm not blown away by this you know okay i'm not blown away I want to see. Uh, uh, well, we we do we know all of his tactics cards? I haven't pulled up. So after we kind of look at the card as a whole, I'll go over the tactics cards as well. Okay. Okay. All right. So not too blown away by what's on the card as it stands. What about you, Brad? See, I, I I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, man, I like to play Bucky. Lots of people like to play Bucky. Why not play a second, slightly different Bucky? Like okay. a slightly not as good Bucky. Yeah, there there's give and take because the um the places are different enough that they could be better in some situations. 
Um, the range isn't as far. He doesn't have rapid fire. Yeah. Um, but he gets to shoot often with the got your back. And if you think shooting twice with Bucky is good when you get a character dazed, how about three shots? And one of those shots could put your Nick Fury on an objective. I I agree a lot with what you're what you're saying. Like I think that their attack suite is is pretty good. The fact that they have stealth, you know, I mean that's just a yeah. good superpower to have. The fact that they have a range four attack and also have stealth, like any time that you have that, it's like really premium. Yeah. Um, and it can be really frustrating for your opponent. Uh, grenades, if you can generate four power grenades into the show's over uh can be you know pretty devastating for a model but i think that the most interesting thing for me is siblings and arms and got your back like if you're playing shield i think that these guys are really incredible uh addition to shield and i think you know one of the reasons that you play shield is because either you like the affiliation or because you like eye in the sky which is <laughs> That's a really good card. Uh, it's a really cool jank card. And when you take, like, Eye in the Sky, and then now you're pairing it with, like, Winter Soldier's ability to kind of, like, hop around, and then also have Siblings in Arms, which is letting a lot of, like, uh, Displaces kind of go on. Uh, and then, uh, to Brad's point, having Double Got Your Back <laughs> is, is really gross, and it's really... <sighs> When you play an eye in the sky and they really need a piece dead and the piece moves out and it costs them like, you know, their buffs or whatever they were doing to try to take this character down, it makes them rethink their turn. And then if they really want to, they have to put in extra work to daze a character. And then once you daze that character, you're getting shot three times. Like it's very punishing uh, to kind of go after their models. And that's really, really interesting to me. Um, but... Let's go over their Taxis cards and see if we can't sway Fred a little bit more. So I'll start with the one that I personally like. think is fine, but is not as exciting as the other one. We have Over the Top, which is unaffiliated, and it's active. During an allied Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, or Steve Rogers, so it works on uh, Steve in both his iterations, characters activation... You may spend two power to play this card. Choose an enemy character within four of this character. This character may advance its speed toward the chosen enemy character. After the advance, the opposing player may choose a character they control to make an attack targeting the advancing character. So just to kind of go over that a little bit more simply, you pay two power, you pick somebody within four. It lets you advance toward them. And then your opponent gets to pick any character he has on the board that's not dazed or KO'd. And, well, clearly not KO'd, but not dazed. Uh, and then they get to make an attack targeting the advancing character. If you play this right, or if you get it in certain situations because of stealth, <laughs> uh, in some instances, depending on board state and who you choose, they might not even get to attack you. So there is that. That's a fun little bit of jank. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about this card, Fred? Uh, I, I mean, you're right. There, like, according to board state, you might get a, a nice, tasty move out of this without getting a hit back. But, but 
there's so much setup that you have to get to and you ha uh, to make that happen. And I guess not setup, but it, it's very circumstantial. And you, you're letting your opponent pick a model that gets to shoot back at you. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's giving your opponent a free attack against you. It it is. It's not free, Fred. You paid two power to make to get that attack. attack happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I am uh, I, I do not know. I, I think I this card is it. trash. Yeah, I don't. See I think how it's this absolute works. trash. I don't know if it's trash. I don't know that it gets played. Uh, because shield is already super tight on cards. Yeah, it, it, this is in shield where uh you have so many great tactics cards. Well, it is unaffiliated. Like, so if you are playing it, not true. Yeah, True. so you, you could play it other places. I don't know. You guys see it as the trash. Only, the, the only place I would play this card is with leader Captain America. So, because, yeah. Because that attack won't do anything. Because it's Steve Rogers, like, you could take it in Avengers, which they're not as-strapped yeah. for, for, um, for taxes cards. So you could play this on Steve. This puts him... Uh, it's two power. He advances. If they primarily only have energy or physical attacks he can get onto a point so this is a free move for him to get into a point get into bodyguard range of a character that you have and then probably do two shield throws like i see this uh predominantly in avengers as pay two power get on a point get in bodyguard range of something and then probably throw two shields that's that's the way i'm looking at it um okay okay I think I think it's I think it's much better uh, if you play it on Captain America and Avengers than I do in Shield. I I, I will say that. I, I I will say this. I'm not able to to theory craft anything that makes me want to take that. No. It, 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 that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Maybe you can show me something on the table where you kick my ass using this card. <laughs> But uh, it's a date. I, I don't want to play this. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on to the other one, which is infiltration. So I do apologize. Uh, we read, we do read the cards on this podcast. Um, so follow along. You know, if you're if you're on Cerebro and stuff, this is going to be a little bit exa it's exhausting. But yeah, th this card uh, you got to kind of got to read all of it to really get it. So this one's called infiltration. It's an unaffiliated reactive card. If Nick Fury and Howling Commandos and this card are part of your squad, you do not deploy Nick Fury and Howling Commandos. It is still part of your squad and gains power during the power phase as normal. So I'm going to stop right there and say that like, if you have Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, and you take this card as one of your tactics cards, it is played at uh, the, start of the, the start of the round pretty much. Uh, and what that lets you do is you keep them off the board and you do not deploy them. You power up as normal. All right. During an allied character's activation, if Nick Fury and Howling Commandos are part of your squad and are not on the battlefield... Oh, I'm, excuse me. You don't actually play the card um, at the beginning of the game. But what the, this does let you do is enable them to be put off the board. Uh, the allied character may play this card. So... Place a flare token within three of this character during the next cleanup phase. Place Nick Fury and Halley Commandos within one of the flare token. Uh, so, you take this card. It's in your five. 
You do not deploy Nick Fury. You keep him off the board. They power up. They keep powering up until you decide to bring him in. Any character can play it. It's free. And then during cleanup, uh, they come within one of the flare. So you can put them pretty much at your leisure wherever you want on the board. Uh, permitting. It's, Im- it, it's important to note that they come in after BPs are scored. Correct. Yep. Yes. Yep. Because that happens. Uh, all character and player effects happen after uh, Crisis is resolved. Yeah. But still, it brings them in it, whenever, whenever you want. Where I mean, pretty much wherever you want. It's it's not quite you know wherever, but you have a lot of agency over where you want them to be. Um, and, uh, you can go like super wide, like five or six wide, but probably gain prio because they're not on the board and they're not an activation that's being taken up. So I don't know. I think it's good. I think that this is a very exciting card. What do you think about this one, Fred? Yeah, this is what I'm into. <laughs> okay. This is, this is what I, this is why you bring, uh, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, I think. Like, uh, I think that they, on their on the surface, they seem a little bit lackluster because this card exists. Okay. And this, I think this is great. I, I love the idea of being able to control where and when they come into the battlefield and put it right in the place where your opponent wants them the least. It's just such a nice little... And you can really put them far. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you deploy them round two, if you wait till round two to get them out, you probably want to get them out by round two because if you wait any longer than that, you're gonna feel like you didn't get three points worth of of dude out of them. <laughs> but uh, it, it, if you wait till round two, you could have them really behind where your enemy is entirely and make them have to play against someone in their backfield with a bunch of power on you could you could easily put them on um your opponent's d yeah 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 their home d yeah so are you are you saying play the card in round two yes so then that they would come in top of three so when they come in top of three they can immediately the show's over yeah. So and, and, putting and them on the, a back point and then put, immediately having a six dice physical or energy attack that has the chance to generate an additional attack. So. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's real neat. I think that's a nice little... Uh, I, this is one of the things that really excited me about this character. Okay. What do you think, Brad? Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry Fred. Uh, no, you go ahead. Uh, I, I was I was not bringing up anything relevant. What do you go think, Brad? Uh, I, I like the card. Um, I think you'll see people play it with uh, Nick Fury. Um, I think you'll also see people not play it, but I think more people will than won't. Um, if nothing else, it's it lets you hold off and adjust the game plan uh, a little bit down the road. Okay. You don't have to, you don't have to make decisions about where they need to be right away. 
And I like having a flexible game plan, so... It do, yeah, it does give you a lot of options to kind of yeah. adapt to the way that the rounds are, are setting up. So, All right, well, uh, yeah, that's Nick Fury and Howling Commandos with their uh, Taxis cards as well. So I think that we can kind of get into rating them. Uh, I like what they bring to S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm... I think I probably also like them in Avengers, both under Sam or Steve. Like, one power got your back, and one power sibling in arms. Like, doing that on Hulk. Like, turn turn one, you can do that for Hulk. And get him up on the board, and then Hulk also has his Gamma Leap. And, yeah. and so he can get yeah. wherever he wants. So, I, I like him a lot in S.H.I.E.L.D., and I like him a lot in Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um... I also really like these taxes cards, so I'm going to give them uh I'm gonna go B plus. I think that they're they're a pretty pretty good piece. So what do you think, Brad? I think that you'll see them fairly regularly in Shield, a solid affiliated pick. Um so I think that's like a B level. Okay. How about you, Fred? Uh, so I'm a little cooler on them. Give us a C. Uh, I mean, I, it, Give I'm it to us. I'm giving a C plus. C plus. And, all right. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think that you might be able to punch me up to a B minus with the thought of moving Hulk that far forward. What? How big is their base? Like, is it a medium base? I believe they're medium. That's a great question. Like, cause that's that affects it enormously. There's actually. no, there's no way that like it's three dudes. Like I yeah, picture them. It can't be on a small thing. The question be. is whether it's medium or large. Oh no, yeah, it's small. If it's a lo- okay, I'll tell you this right now. If it's on a large base, I'm pumped up to a B plus. <laughs> no, no, no. They're they're, they're medium base. I imagine they're the yeah, same as the shield. I, I agent, think so. that it's a medium base. But still. The, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna land on. Ugh, uh, I'm debating between C plus and B minus. Jesus Christ! I, Medium base, they move up. They can move up like two, and if you put them and Hulk side by side, like a medium move gets them, not quite like two across from Hulk, but like it doesn't get you max two across from Hulk, but it still gets you like pretty good in front of Hulk. Uh-huh. And then putting, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm probably gonna try them out in Avengers. I, I, that's exciting me. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> what are the grunts uh, I, on? Medium. Okay, they're probably medium. They have a custom base, so I can't tell. But I, that's probably medium. They look about as spread out as grunts. All right, so you're sitting on a on a C, Fred. I no, I I, I think it's C plus. C plus. That's so I'm gonna stick with the C plus. A B plus, a B and a C plus. So brings us to just an average right around B. Um, so yeah. Uh, a pretty, pretty decent piece. I'll, uh, I look forward to playing against Fred with them in the future. Yeah, go ahead and kick my ass with them and show me how I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, that takes care of the review for Nick Fury and the Halley Commandos. So I think that we're ready to move on to our comic book recommendation, Brad. Okay. I have two recommendations today. Um, I'm going to do them in the reverse order I wrote them down, though. So the first uh, recommendation is Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. 
the name of the comic. I think officially it's just Sergeant Fury, but on the cover it says, and his Howling Commandos. So this is the series where they first premiered. Um, the series starts out being written by Stan Lee and drawn by Jack Kirby. Uh, eventually they leave the book, but uh, this is clearly where they they base the models off of um, and it's it's Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. They invented the Marvel Universe. They're really good at comics. <laughs> this is probably good. Like, really good. Uh, even, even for Jack Kirby art alone, it's probably worth reading. Not to, like, distract you or anything, but somebody was talking, I think I was reading a thread the other day, because I think AMG might, as maybe when they posted that still of the Sentinels, but people were like, one one person was questioning like, why people love the Sentinels so much, because they don't like they do do some stuff in the comics, but from what I was understanding, like they're just there to get their ass kicked. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they were like, I can't for the life of me understand why people love Sentinels so much, why they're so iconic, and they're like, it's just like Kirby was just so good. It's at, like the design, at, at design yeah. and stuff. Like he's just a they mastermind. They look cool. Yeah. Absolute mastermind. So yeah, just want to go off that tangent. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, But each issue is its own story, and they fight Nazis a lot. It's a classic. Like, and I checked, and there's like 43 issues on um, Marvel Unlimited of that. Uh, The next one is way more modern. It's called Journey into Mystery: The Birth of Krakoa. Um, it's written by Dennis Hopeless Hallam. So he he wasn't using his um, real last name when he started writing comics. He used Hopeless, but he started now using it. It's Hallam. And the artist is... I'm not even going to try to this first name. It's D-J-I-B-R-I-L. Yep. Morissette. Okay. Fan. I can't help you. Yeah, there's no way. Uh, but the last name Morissette <laughs> fan. So it's Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos um, go to an island. Um, a bomb explodes and the island comes to life. And they barely make it off the island alive. Okay. So this, this was written um, in the 70s. There's an issue of X-Men called Giant Size X-Men where they bring in a new team, including Wolverine and Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, like a bunch of famous X-Men, to rescue the old team from Krakoa, the living island. And this was written as kind of an origin of that island. Um, it was... It, it has a new origin now, so this is more like that bomb woke it up, not brought it to life. <laughs> it was already alive, but... It still kind of works. Okay. But it, it was it was a good story. It was a good story. I've read this one. It is on Marvel Unlimited as well. I double-checked. That's good. Yeah, checking your work. It yeah. always surprises me just how many comics there are. <laughs> there are like, thousands you, and thousands. There were... Just on Marvel there Unlimited. Were 43 issues of Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Yeah. That may not even be all of them, but that's what was on Marvel Unlimited. 
I, I've never even heard of these characters before. Well, before the MCU. So, mm. yeah. Well, I had. <laughs> I'm not the most with it. Well, I read comics. You didn't. I'll tell yeah. you what you are with, Fred, is your non-sequitur recommendations. Indeed, that so, is true. Uh, so, go ahead. so So today, I'm bringing a, 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 a classic film. I, I think that this film just defines the word classic, and, and it is the film Casablanca. Oh, there we go. And yeah. <laughs> there aren't very many cities in the world where if you Google them, a movie comes up first. And not just first, but, like, it's the top ten results. <laughs> uh, the, this movie, and, and the most incredible thing about this movie is that it was made in 1942 in the middle of World War II and before things were looking up. Things were not looking up for the Allies in when this movie was made. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it is astonishingly good. It, it's, uh, it stars... Um, oh, God. I'm, my brain. Uh, Bogey. Uh, Humphrey Bogart. Oh, my God. Bo Bogey. <laughs> yeah, Bogey. That's what Bogey. everyone calls him. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. And it is a love story set in, in Casablanca during the rise of Nazism in Europe. And it is just the, the best love story that you've ever watched. And everyone should go out and watch it. And it's, it's great. I'm imagining and, and so, like a cousin to like Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> so Fred... Even though I am very sure I would like this movie, I have never seen it. It, it is worth watching. I'll yeah, tell you that. I, I, I need to watch it. Like, it is, it's, it's right up my alley. Yeah. Uh, you liked Chinatown last set? Last oh, episode? I love Chinatown. Yeah. Then, then, I mean, they're not in any way similar movies. No, but, but. but it is of a quality. It is yeah. of. Of the same quality. It's one of the movies of all time. It is one of the most movies of all time. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's that's my recommendation for today. Everyone should go watch it. I don't know where, where you can watch it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it exists. I'm sure that you, you might need to get something like the Criterion Collection. But it's it is worth getting. All right, well. Uh, it is on HBO Max. Look oh, at that. Shit. Look at my man doing the research quickly. Look at that. Yeah, just yeah, get uh, you a, a hint out there for people. If you type the name of a movie and then stream, Google tells you exactly what it's on. You can also I, rent it on a bunch of things for four bucks. I have found that, that half the time, with how quickly stuff goes on and off of streaming nowadays, Google is wrong. Like, mm. it, it will tell you that something is streaming on Netflix or Hulu, and then it won't be right. It won't be on there because it was I, streaming it, three months ago, but it's not now. It has never been wrong for me. I'm, I'm opening up HBO Max right now and checking. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> while he's doing I, I that, <laughs> a lot of horror movies. <laughs> thank, thank you for the recommendation, Fred. 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, that is all for us this week. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you liked what you heard, uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you liked about it. Uh, also, give us a like and maybe a subscribe. And uh, I think we still have some newer characters still to kind of go through. But uh, once we kind of chew through the backlog of new characters that have been spoiled, uh, always let us know what you want to hear next. We kind of go back and review some of the characters that have been out for a long time as well. So if there's a particular character that you're wanting us to cover, let us know. But until next week, see you guys later. Bye.